0: with the nation subdued, lost, chances rude, not a great mood. Mark Reason is joining us. Mark's a senior sports writer for Stuff, and Mark's covered every Rugby World Cup since 1991 for major media, as well as Olympic Games and many big golf tournaments. He was chief sports correspondent for the Sunday Telegraph in the UK. Morena, Mark, how are you? How are you feeling?
1: I'm, I'm feeling probably a little better than most of the country. Yes, it's a glorious morning <laughs> here in the Wairapa, but there's a cloud. I obviously. <laughs> um, so yes, I, I feel I feel for all New Zealanders with that. Uh, given the courage, the absolute courage that that team played with.
0: Yeah, nicely said. So yours is our last voice of the morning on this. What is your summation of what happened?
1: Well, the summation, I think, is that obviously the TMO will um, be reviewed and had a huge influence on the game. I actually thought he got those two big calls spot on, and I think he'll be backed up by um, the refereeing union. I, I don't think he had a choice Uh, That's the point, I think, about the difference between Sia Khaleesi not being sent off and Sam Kane being sent off. They would be desperate not to issue a red card in a World Cup final. And so they looked hard for mitigation in both instances. And in the instance of Sia Khaleesi, there was plenty of mitigation. He was bent. He was trying to get low. Impact was first just with the shoulder ahead of the head. So they found the mitigation they wanted to find. They just couldn't find any for Sam Kane because there wasn't any there. It was an ill-disciplined tackle, which unfortunately had marked his career from time to time. And those were defining moments. Uh, The other big moment was the uh, injury to Bongi Mbonambi, um, the South African hooker, which completely destabilised their line-out and scrum and, and was great for the All Blacks going forward. But I think those were the defining moments in the match, although it was beautiful to see New Zealand play some rugby in the second half, but it wasn't quite enough.
0: Yeah, the refereeing, the send-offs, it was, it was, the refereeing was criticised right through the cup, wasn't it? The TMOs getting in on the act even well after the event. Uh, but, of course, we had the massive experience of Wayne Barnes in the final. Um, you know, that forward pass not picked up. Lo, these many years ago, all forgiven. Uh, do you send the, off the captain? Because these things happen really quickly don't they? And I only saw one angle. But the obvious question, and people will be asking it all over New Zealand, do you send the captain of the All Blacks off in a final for a collision that looked not much different from another collision uh, that looked pretty much the same, but warranted less censure? Do you think Sam Cain, there was, it was very quick that Sam Kane contact as well?
1: Yes, it was, but they have this new system now where the referee is not put on the spot. Wayne Barnes doesn't have to make that decision. Uh, he didn't even make it in real time. It was the TMO Tom Foley, also from England, so that won't make England any more popular with New Zealand, um, who uh, alerted um, Barnes to the incident, and as he did with the Sia Khaleesi, and Barnes then issues a yellow card of what he can see, and then that goes back to the bunker, back to Foley, who has 10 minutes to look at all the angles and make a very very considered decision so this isn't like old red cards and yellow cards where the referee on the pitch has to make an emotive decision this goes back to the tmo who then upgraded it to red card so both decisions were considered over a period of up to 10 minutes with multiple angles looked at so I think they were the right decisions, and I can understand New Zealand's frustration with them, but I I do think the officials got them correct.
0: Was this a worthy World Cup final? Maybe that's even a... Well, it was in terms of, as you say, in terms of bravery, but was it a worthy showpiece?
1: It was a worthy showpiece. The utter conviction of both sides, and as I mentioned the word courage, uh, South Africa were just as courageous. Um, uh, the p- performance of Peter Steph Dutoyt, who rightly got the man of the match, some of the hits he put in and some of the important plays he put in were absolutely terrific. The ability of the All Blacks to go deep. And and actually, Sia Khaleesi um, very uh, pleasantly said they took us to a dark place after the match. And he gave the All Blacks enormous credit for doing that. And they certainly did take South Africa to a dark place. Who must have thought? they had the match won when they went out to a nine-point lead and when Sam Kane got sent off, it looked there. And indeed, when Sia Khaleesi had the chance, with just a minute into the second half, to put Kurtley Arendtse in for the try, who was inside him, uh, Moonga made two brilliant tackles on the line to stop it. But it, there were shades of Twickenham at that point. You, with, with an all-black um, having been sent off, with Khaleesi having the chance to put the match to bed in the beginning of the second half. He didn't, and that was the moment when the All Blacks came again. And my goodness me, uh, both Moanga and and Geordie Barrett had kicks, difficult kicks, with which they could have squeaked out a a win. And it's one of those where no side deserved to lose. And unfortunately, one side had to lose, and it was the All Blacks.
0: There are such small margins, aren't there, between glory and lifelong regret, really.
1: Tiny margins, Jim, tiny margins. If you think back over the course of the last three games, South Africa could could well call themselves the lucky country uh, today, the blessed country, because all three of their knockout games they could have lost and had little bits of fortune that helped them um, go through all three. Personally, I thought France were the better side and the unluckier side. Um, England came down to a controversial penalty decision at the end. And again, uh, TMO decisions and the rest of it in the final and, and small margins. Um, so, yes, you're absolutely right with that. Um, that is rugby at this level. And you have to be lucky to win a World Cup. And on this occasion, South Africa uh, were lucky in spades. Far, far luckier than any other side. I, I think in a small way... The mana which Sia Khaleesi has as captain sometimes slightly plays into that. He has such enormous respect that refs are all human and perhaps that can slightly sway them on occasion. But yes, um, well done South Africa. But my goodness me, you had your luck along the way.
0: What would you have done differently with these All Blacks with an expert eye? I mean... Were there areas that needed remedies that weren't provided? They seem to have been really superbly finely tuned and to have been finally producing an optimal side with optimal performances. But, I mean, we look for reasons and sometimes results defy reasons. Is there anything you would have done?
1: Uh, Over the course of uh, Ian Foster's coaching period, um, there there was plenty I would have done, but I think the key decision perhaps... Um, came back to haunt him. Now, I'm pleading with the country. Um, Sam Kane has given his heart and soul to that jersey and, and is a heck of a warrior. So um, no one is going to load up on him. But from in the cold light of day, I didn't think he should have been made captain at the beginning. And I, I think in a sad way that played out at the end. Um, he has had uh, numerous discipline problems as captain with yellow cards and even with, with the Chiefs at times, and I'm afraid that played in. And and for my money, Dalton Papali uh, was the better player at this stage of their careers after all the difficult injuries that Kane has had. So I, I fear that that one decision came back to haunt Foster at the end. So I think that's the big one that maybe might have made a difference at the end. <laughs>
0: Post-mortem's are glum in these circumstances. Uh, We got to the final marvellous. No one thought we would at one point, and it's a team that obviously dug deep as deeply as they could. Is that a reasonable summing up?
1: Yes, I think that is a very reasonable summing up, Jim. The one thing I would say to get to the final... Um, because of the nature of the draw New Zealand were quite lucky with the draw Um, they really only had to beat one side to get there win one match because Argentina were um, nothing like in the same class as the top four sides so they were weak um, semi-final opponents so they got over the top of Ireland but in the cold light of day if you look at it they played France, Ireland and South Africa uh, the three other top four sides in the world and they lost two out of three which is possibly reflective of the rain, uh, but nonetheless, I think they are a side that have done the country proud at the World Cup.
0: Agreed. Well, a couple of quick questions for you before we go, before we let you go. World rugby competition with the two tiers, everyone's proud of it in Paris. Others think it's an idea that doesn't really make rugby truly global at all. Can I ask you for your view?
1: Yes, I tend to veer towards the latter. I think it's a way of making the top, countries more money when they should be looking at paying the players less than they currently earn in terms of what a re- realistic marketplace is and we'll do i don't think we'll do very much for the smaller countries the sides that they really need to be bringing on like uruguay and portugal that gave us some thrills and the island uh, pacific island nations uh, samoa fiji these are the sides the money should be going into uh But um, I think Fiji will probably play in this competition, but the others are going to be left stranded once again. And so by the time we get to the next World Cup, the gap will be just as huge as it always is. So I think they've missed an opportunity, as they always do with the smaller countries.
0: And did you notice Eddie Jones, by the way, uh, according to media reports anyway, would uh, quite like uh, out of the... Australian co- coaching job, and of course would like some money to go with that as Wallabies wallaby's coach um that's been a story of this world cup uh, and, and in the back of my mind, you know I think most many of us wonder, do these coaches these days have used buyers? They are good change coaches for getting results, and then that just seems to dry up as the years go by with the team
1: yeah, no, I think that's completely right um Jim. Uh, It's very difficult for any coach to maintain uh, levels of passion and innovation that engage players for huge lengths of time. That's why I think it's probably good that Ian Foster is going at this point because he's been a voice there for 12 years now, I think. So it will be good to hear some new voices. And Eddie Jones is in his 60s. He was always a one-cycle coach anyway. He came in like a whirlwind and, and the players were stirred up. But after a while, they got fed up with the lack of loyalty that he often shows, not just to the players, but to the coaches also. And he he coaches at such an intense level that the players just don't get that into a second cycle. So, yes, I think there is a shelf life, and and it's a different shelf life for different coaches. Eddie's was always a short one. England should have replaced him after the last, last World Cup. They didn't learn the previous lessons. Some coaches have a slightly longer one. Um, So, yeah, I think you're right in that assessment.
0: Mark Reason, always good to talk with you, and especially through this uh, Rugby World Cup. Thank you for joining us on Sunday morning.
1: It's been a pleasure, Jim. Cheers.